Hey guys, so thanks for joining us for another awesome week of NOA. This is going to be a fun little segment that we like to call, Did You Care? Did You it's, Care? I mean... D-I-C. D-I-C. Oh. <laughs> no, no, oh. no. Sorry. It is D-U. D-Y. Listen. D-Y-C. This is already... I don't even know. So, I got one, all right? Okay, what? What What I want to know is if you guys cared about Jordan Pills comment this week when mm-hmm. he said that he would not cast a white male lead in any of his movies because he's seen that movie okay. so did you care okay so he, a white male or just a white person in general white male is specific he said, Ooh, he said white like, male specifically um i actually did hear about that comment um i was listening to a podcast and they slid it through real quick ah yeah i definitely care because if you think about it if we're gonna write a movie that is more about ourselves and who we are or our vision that we might have most of our movies been made already i mean look how hard the oscars are every year so you you care because you want him to be representing our story is that what i care because he is being authentic to himself okay well i mean i i cared i'm definitely gonna say that i cared only because number one i definitely went out and i saw us how many Um, times i saw it twice I still haven't seen it yet. I, I seen did. it. It was I great. I did. And go I mean, out and see it. Yes, let's go out and see it. I mean, if there's you, no spoilers. <laughs> we don't do spoilers. If you feel so today. inclined to go watch it, go watch it. If you don't, then don't. But you know, I I'm a fan of horror in general. I've always been a fan of the macabre. So you know, I was excited to see a minority in that role doing the cinematic excellence that you know was previously only kind of res to the Stephen Kings of the world. So, you know, Ooh, I, I, I cared. I was very excited to see him in that position because, you know, like a lot of the commentary that I witnessed regarding the release of that film was like, hey, I have an authentic person to look up to to tell my horror story as complex or diverse or as wacky, you know what I mean, as it can be. So I, I totally cared. I thought that that was an opportunity for him to have stepped out there on that ledge and said, right. this is what I'm going to do to improve the standing of people that look and think like me and maybe have similar experiences and I'm going to put them on this platform where they would not have previously had an opportunity to be in a genre where they weren't previously considered you know I agree and I care I absolutely care because I appreciated the comment just itself like look I have seriously I have this you know uh, ability this is Jordan Peele I have this ability to command a certain amount of money in Hollywood to create films Mm -hmm. and for once I'm going to make sure that our people get lead roles in it and it's he's right I've seen that movie if he cast a white male lead in his next movie Nine times out of ten, we've seen that movie already. Yeah. You I know, if you're a moviegoer, you've seen that movie already. But what you haven't a, seen... a connoisseur of the horror genre. Right, but even, <laughs> you know? if it, even if he doesn't stay in the horror or, you know, thriller realm, if he goes into, like, comedy or whatever, we've seen those movies. And very, very seldom do we see those movies where it's black leads, especially dark black leads. Lapita... I mean... It's so fine. Listen. I love every bit of her silky, dark, dark... Dark skin. It's not she fair. And is 
so she's a goddess i see that i said it on facebook recently that she i just posted goddess to her picture (laughs) because she is she looks so good and she represents us so well and i'm so proud to see her in a a lead role a black female in a lead role in an outstanding movie and i appreciate jordan for already stating that in his future films he is going to cast black leads that's what we want that's what we've been looking for you you know i i'm give lapita all the awards all the awards I mean, all of them i would agree i think oh, that she so deserves good. all the words and was we're not gonna spoil it for you because we're actually a little bit sad that you did not see it yet i haven't seen a lot of movies this year. yes we know you're busy being super west Give her all the awards but listen you know quite honestly <laughs> lapita she does deserve all of the awards i mean you know for those of you who, who did see the film i'm no sure you mean. understand um and even if you didn't even if you weren't a fan of her actual art artistic delivery i mean the creativity of thought behind jordan Peele's idea in itself was just pretty phenomenal so i mean if for no other reason if you enjoy film if you enjoy going to the movies and um as i said uh to my lovely host off of the mic for the first time i experienced (laughs) the reclining seats at the movie theater can we please for a second this is my first time in a reclining seat at a movie theater and it blew my mind it was so incredible so i mean where were you watching movies at Apparently, like, in the, I don't know, yeah. medieval times. Okay, so. <laughs> right. On, like, a sheet. One question. Being, like, well, have, whitewashed. I'll start with this question. So I don't know. You saw it. You both saw it opening week, right? Yes. You yes. saw it Friday and. I saw it Friday and Saturday. And you saw it Saturday. I seen it Sunday. What time Friday night did you see it? Um, I saw it at 7 45. Okay, so on like Friday. close to matinee. Was it matinee still? No, it was at 7 45, girl. I need you to like understand how the. Oh, okay. Are y'all done? No matter, <laughs> are y'all done over there double dutching? Are you good? Matinee at 7 45. Where? Where? I want to go to that theater. It sounds like somebody was raised on the digital clock. My point is. Was it a lot of people in there talking through the movie, or was well, it like everybody was quiet man, to listen? Well, you know what, and I think that this is a really awesome subject to talk about because honestly, let me before you finish, go ahead. Because I was listening to some critics talk about this movie, and one of them specific, well, a couple of them did not enjoy their experience of watching this film because people were just talking during it. Mm-hmm, and my first inclination mm-hmm, was, mm-hmm. well, if you ever watch a movie with a bunch of black people, <laughs> they're gonna be talking, and for us to see something that hasn't been seen in a long time or ever they definitely gonna talk well can, can i'll just say as someone who actually saw the movie should, in <laughs> as someone who saw the movie in two very different um settings so i saw the movie opening day and i saw it in a theater that was predominantly occupied by upper middle class white people oh, so he, okay do you know what i mean so, so he got day attention listen <laughs> He's had their attention, right? right? You know, so... Because they're trying um, to figure out how to do Get Out. Right. <laughs> they're still trying to figure out how Get Out got out. Right. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Up. How did this movie get out? So the first time I Tell saw the movie... It was in a predominantly white theater. And when I was talking to Tay about this off, you know, off mic, 
it was a very different experience from when I watched it the following night that Saturday at a later screening of it, which was 11 o'clock. But still, it was a later screening and it also happened to be in a predominantly occupied younger audience and also minority audience. And there was a lot of, in the first viewing that I would say, there was a lot of silence. Because there was an um, understanding of like, this is an artistic expression that is about to be monumental. So people were looking at this film to say some things. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. As opposed to, I think, a little bit of what happened when I witnessed it the second night, which was... Enjoying it for what it was. The silliness, you know, which there's nothing to say that there's that's wrong, but I think it was silly. So. I mean, I, I was just interested because, like, you know, you look at the Rotten Tomato score and it's sitting at 95%. Before the movie came out, it was 100%. And it had at least, I'm going to be nice and say 40, 50 reviews in on the Rotten Tomato site. So, okay. And so, long story short, is what I'm trying to say is that it's interesting to me that his second film, Out the Gate, is doing so well. The concept itself was groundbreaking. The trailer, whoever edited that trailer, was amazing. Uh, it, mm-hmm. showca- it showcased their stars. Like, I mean, the guy in Baku, I don't even know his name. It's what Duke Winston, I think, is it? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you got Lupita in there, like, really showcasing throughout the trailer, and it scared the living hell out of me. Yeah. And I'm just interested to see like you know are the critics really just going at him saying like oh it's a great movie but it's all is jambled at the end his message is lost like i really didn't get it like is this because he's on the rise and we don't want to see this man get on the rise or are we really just holding a standard that is not really held to other people in industry because this man is out here winning i don't know the answer to that question to <laughs> i haven't honest. seen it I but this is what i'm just watching from is... the outside what? No, I'm gonna watch it, but it's just interesting to me. Like you saw Get Out, and I, you seen I seen both movies. I seen Us on a Sunday evening. I seen it in a very diverse crowd. It was not okay. predominantly anything, to be honest. Um, I I tend to get to the movies before the previews even start, so like it's still light. I still can see faces, <laughs> right? Because I can't see actors. So right, right. When those lights dim, I can't. Right. I don't know who I'm sitting by. Wow. But when I walked in and I was, you know, is I he sat bragging down. West? Is he bragging a little bit? Oh, oh. I get to I get to the movies before I like to be on time. There. Look, to be on time is to be late, so you got to get there early. That's true, especially for the movies, uh, right? And I want my seat. And I was at a theater where you can't select your seat first, so I had to get oh, there early. Yeah. It was a requirement. Oh, so I got there early, picked my seat, and then I was R-O-T-C. able to watch. Yes, I was <laughs> able to watch these people walk in, and it was a mix of blacks, whites. There were Asians. I seen a group of like Latinos, and I was like, "Where are y'all from in Pittsburgh?" Because I never see y'all, <laughs> but I appreciate y'all here. Maybe but I mean, it was it was fairly here. quiet throughout the movie. There were Good. a couple commentary there, but outside of that, it was it was fine. So I feel as though when it comes to how people feel about the movie, it, I feel like people don't didn't understand it, so that's why they were like, "It was okay." Like if you didn't get it after initially watching it, then it was. You didn't say you loved it. When I came out of the theater, I feel like I understood 90% of the movie. And Joy and I talked for yeah. a second about like it's, stuff we didn't understand. Little, it was a little dance. Right. It was a little Right. You deep. had to figure it out. Literally, it was a dance. It was a dance. Yeah. So is he, yeah. is, or is he showing a little bit of his paintbrush in this movie more so than he did in Get Out? Or and by paintbrush, what do you mean real His quick? signature. Like, you know, everybody right. has their 
artistic way I, they want to do things. I think his signature, one, everybody keeps calling it the horror, and I don't think it's horror at all. I think it's a thriller. And I think that is his signature. Well, a big part of his signature, because Get Out was definitely a thriller. I didn't jump in either movie. There was never a time in either movie where I, like, kind of came out well, of my Well, you know, I, I did jump. I did jump. I jumped a couple. They said it was supposed right. to be a jump Right, and that's what I'm... Yeah. I think his, his technique is more they say it was more thriller than... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. and I, I feel like that's when people jump. I don't think it was... I don't think it was intended to be a jump. Right. I, I think that a lot of people went into it assuming that it was going to be a jump. Because that's so, what they get all the time right And that's kind of why yeah. some of them said they it was okay or they didn't like it. Because they didn't they get as many jumps. Okay. So, yeah. People don't understand that there's a difference between horror and thriller. That's true. So I think that was part of the reason why some people were like, I didn't like it. They either didn't get it or they wanted horror. Okay. Well, I mean, just to like round it all out real quick, because we got to end this segment and talk about some other things that we care about. And on the whole, did we actually care about this Jordan Peele release? Hell yes. And yes. I won't care about okay. one. We got two more movies that he has with his contract. Okay. It's supposed to be a four piece of watching this man make masterpieces. Look. Like he's setting records for us. He's out here doing it for his ancestors. Yes. I appreciate it. And I definitely cared about that comment. He's about yes. people work. care about the comment and I care about whatever Jordan Peele has his hands on. Yes. So, I don't know if it's another movie or two more movies, if it's a mini series. Oh, you know he's doing a Twilight Zone. Right, the Twilight Zone. I'm here for it. And so Sorry. I'm excited <laughs> hey. for the future of what Jordan is going to bring forward. But I think that he, yeah, I, know, I'm on board with y'all. I think, I think that he's super talented. I think with that, you know, we'll take this break. Okay, let's take a break and then we, we'll come back and talk about like more important things because. Money. Yeah, money. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. Welcome back. We are moving into politicking. Yes, let's politic a little bit. Let's talk about some things that truly matter. I'm down with that. All right, well. Mr. Jones. Who wants to start this week? I'll jump right on in. Oh, yes, please do. Betsy Dubloch. Dubloch. Our current Secretary of Education. I'll say their current. Secretary of Education, because I don't acknowledge this administration. She's the current reigning. But she has a very grand she name. was pulled um, into Congress to testify about her budget. Okay. And she has currently um, cut $17.6 million out of her budget. And what she used um, to save this money in her eyes was Special Olympics and money allotted to special education in general. Mm. So it was stated that 272,000 special needs kids would be without these funds and these programs. Um, Say that number again. 272,000 children with special needs. So just like a few. Will be affected. Just a couple. Okay. You know. But I just want to say that a quarter of a million. Before we dive completely into this topic, that 17.6 million that she's cutting from her budget, she owns a yacht that's 40 million dollars. Oh, her family, her family owns eight of them. So she owns one that's worth 40 million and her family owns eight total. So she owns one eighth of the yachts in her family. Yes. And also like. Which is worth $40 million. If she sold her yacht, she could put two times the amount of money she's cutting from her budget in her budget. Not saying that she should donate her own stuff, but. Well, I mean, like. um, She might as well. uh, She got it to give. But like. Why do y'all need eight? But listen, I'm sorry. I'm not coming up off my yacht real easy. Oh, I know. I agree. And that's what I, that's 
what I'm saying. But, like, but you would much rather take the American dollar uh, and remove it from the special needs. So you okay, know what? this is if, if we get into it, like she is this her this is her job. Her what's personal her life. What's her role again? Her personal life. She has a yacht in her role. I, you can't see my air quotes, ladies and gentlemen. But in her role as Secretary of Education, she is responsible for providing a budget to Congress right. or to the president, essentially. Um, and she decided since Trump said he wanted each department to cut 10% of their budget, she decided to cut $17.6 million from special education. So Do she didn't you, go to the minimal. She was just like, let me just skip past Well, I, I'm more interested in why that was the direction that she was interested in in chopping funds from. I, well, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you what I else mean, she said. Question. She also said in front of Congress that they are um, receiving a significant amount of money from the philanthropic sector. So all this money that's donating to these programs, like Special Olympics specifically, they receive a ton of money from donations. So doesn't she think there might be a reason as to why they feel the need to donate that amount? Right, maybe there's a deficit. I don't care if they're receiving $100 million a year from philanthropic endeavors still give them the money they that get, my tax dollars go to because they're still they need. citizens like are you crazy and have like have you ever like gone to a special needs school no i'm right. sure she Never. hasn't right. have you ever talked to special needs teachers special needs parents and and asked them like right. what what services and things do they need like no you haven't well i mean as me someone specifically because my mother is a special needs and a civil rights litigating attorney you know, I, I myself have experienced the injustice and the discrepancy in representation and privileges and accommodations for those individuals who are off of a spectrum that we as a society deem to be appropriate. And, you know, I personally am appalled by that. I expect anyone who is going to be representing my interests to equally be appalled by that. And if they're not, then I have an issue with that. But you know what? You're right. Y'all both right. But if you continue to look at how this administration is running things, how they look and view people, it's actually not that far of a surprise to see that the first thing she would do is cut more than the minimal from that program and go above and beyond to cut out of a program like that. Even after, did you know that a family came and took pictures with Trump in front of the White House with Pence and they were special needs kids? Oh, wow. Can you imagine <laughs> that that happened? And on top of that, guess what old uh, Trumpy said after the reports came out that you just said? Don't you be talking about my president like that. What? Like, <laughs> Mandarin Byron's chief? needs are taken care of so you don't got to worry about the uh, education department having... That's what you would expect. He's, he, he pulled it back. He said, absolutely not. He said, we're not going to cut that amount of money from that program. Mm-hmm. Now... He's always I, I'm floored. Right. I was shocked too. But at the same time, it's like, I'll believe it when I see it. Because they're real good at saying something. And then they end up doing it well, anyway. I just know how important this these programs are. Like, I run each year the Torch Run here in Pittsburgh with my, my job. And it's to raise money for special needs kids. It's for the Special Olympics specifically. Right. So, like, I, like, ask friends and family to donate money to my leg of the race so I make sure I get out there. I make sure that this money is going to the Special Olympics because I think it's important. Right. Like we all 
we're all adults. We've been through school. And I'm sure at some point you come across somebody who's autistic or, you know, someone with some other form of disability where they need additional help. That additional help is not cheap. And to cut this amount of money, she cut special education grants to the states. That's cut. Damn. She cut $7.5 million to the National Institute for the Deaf and Blind. She cut. (laughs) I'm not done. She cut $13 million to Gallaudet University, which is the university for deaf students in Washington, D.C. $13 million cut from their budget. And then she also cut $5 million for a federal program for print books for the blind students. So like well now like it's like so that's like taking books from like kindergarten and first graders who are learning to read because now they don't have braille books to learn how to read. I'm sorry, what does a blind person need a braille book for? Is that a thing? To read. Is is that a (laughs) thing? Do you mean like Well I know. <laughs> it's almost like you know, is, like this is, is when, this is the country that we're in right now. Do you know what I mean? Why like, is it when I go to the ATM, they have these little prickly things right? right. I can see the numbers. What yeah, it's here for as if as ATM. if it's not something <laughs> the that the don't know what an ATM is. Those are nasty. Like those are germs on the. That's true. She I just order in. my money. Right. <laughs> and do you know why? It's because and it's because people are so unable to see someone else's perspective right or if hear we, about if, someone else's issue yeah. if we don't if we're not somebody who's dependent on braille then why, why do we care, care or if my you kid know, learned if, to read and why do i care see, if but, your yeah. kid doesn't get a book yeah, printed in braille? That. why and do i gotta that, pay extra money for braille books when my kid doesn't need braille books and I mean, what? How does that make sense to anyone? And the and there that to me lies the problem because we have arrived at a place where unfortunately the actions of our predecessors, you know, not our predecessors, because not my ancestors, this not my ancestors, but you know what I mean. The, they the had actions to work just as hard as we did. They harder. had braille books <laughs> just as hard. Please, Man. I would be nothing compared to what they could do. But you know what I mean? We are in a position now where we have to address the actions of those who came before us. And that includes our ancestors and the colonials. Whatever they may or may not mean and whatever actions of the just or unjust mean, we're in a position now where it doesn't matter who made a decision that impacts our existence now. We have to be able to understand where everyone's coming from. I completely agree with you, Joy. I feel like it's... Or a we're matter gonna of like be caring lost. about other we're people's be stuck. issues as well. Yes. So like I, my my child, God thankfully did not give any special needs. She is not autistic. She is a normal functioning young woman now, and awesome. I still care about people who have special needs kids. Yeah. I, I care about their children. I want them to have whatever they need in order to learn and develop as best they can. So hopefully they become, you know, functioning adults with disabilities. I mean, you're right. You know what I mean? Like, what, it's only fair. Say, who's to say the impact that they can have on our society? Do you know what oh, I mean? Right. Like, you it never is, know. You never it's know. It's foolish to, to try and assume what someone's value is. Like, right. there's no way for us to know. And if we don't afford everyone equal opportunity to achieve the same level of 
potential, then, then what are we really doing? Yeah. Enjoy if it, it may be your problem, but I still care that you have a problem. Right. Yeah. And there's so many people out there that don't. That's yeah. that's what I see in this whole this whole article, this whole story is that you know, these special needs kids, they let their parents handle that. Let them figure that out. Yeah, is Honestly, there, is there... usually these families what? who have special needs kids can't afford to right. do anymore because all of their income and all of their money is dedicated to their children. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they, they don't have extra money. If they didn't come from wealth, if they don't have high paying jobs prior to having... right. You know, a special needs child, they don't, they're broke. And let me it, tell you it's something. It's expensive. You're right. And we should definitely care because on top of it, that's a health issue. There's an education issue. It's a societal issue. Mm-hmm. It hits every bracket on the way down. I mean, people out here running around having kids, like there's not a possibility that you may not run into the situation. Mm-hmm. We, like, it's not right what these kids got to go through. It's not right how much it costs for these kids to have to have the same type of access and um, chance that we have. But at the same time, it's like we all come out the womb with a, a strike against us, except for one. And any tool that we can get to mm-hmm. make ourselves have a head up, we should be able to start mm-hmm. at the bottom and slide that across the board. Is that a problem? I mean, you know, this this can be our, a slight digression, but I mean, if we're going to close out this topic, because we got to we gotta move right, on to some right. other cute things. But, you know, what you just touched on real quick, Wes, I want to go ahead and circle back to it because, you know, we're not going to touch on it in depth anymore. But real quick, we had um, a very powerful voice of our political sphere speaking on our behalf this week. And that was Miss Acosta. And she was speaking very, very passionately and eloquently and beautifully on... um, We would call that emotion. They (laughs) call that madness. They hate her. They're so scared scared of her. I would agree. I think think that they're afraid. But, you know, I just want to touch real real quick before we wrap up this segment, you know, when we're trying to figure out where we are in understanding one another's plight, she said very adequately, you can't tell me that environmental health is an elitist issue. Right. You know, and I think that that is, that's a resounding echoing concept. That's an mm-hmm. echoing. You can't say that anything that is a social needs issue is an elitist issue. Everything that is a social needs issue, whether it be education, whether it be health, you know what I mean? Like, how do we get into a place where we're comfortable cutting back from the potential for people to access those things right. when we're not willing to cut back from others? And right. you know what I mean? Like, that makes no sense to me. The funny thing is, what, not even with her. For once, you are seeing somebody come out of a younger generation. I mean, our peers, but a younger generation is seeing somebody actually say what they mean and mean what they say. Mm. She ran on this platform and she was going to come in there and shake out Washington that she was going to put in her she work. Delivered. And she is doing it. And the thing is, that's really upsetting to me is that Congress is wasting their time with trying to try to put her down in her place. Y'all been doing that since she was born. Y'all think that y'all really right. get on this girl's skin? Mm-hmm. Like, stop it. <laughs> Like, come on. She's actually working for the people out there. Because she is the people. And she cares. She came from where we are. Right. She understood. She walked. She, before she even started her term, she was like, I can't afford rent in D.C. Boom. Until I get my first pay, I can't afford to live in D.C. Well, I mean, she even said when she had the audacity quote unquote to address Congress and their opinions this 
this past situation, when she called them out on identifying environmental issues as being elitist, she said, I'm sorry, let me remind you, I didn't even have health insurance until last month. Do you know what I mean? And just the year before that, I was a waitress. Right. You know, so she, I mean, she she can't prove herself anymore. Right. This is what, she is doing what the American dream was told to us to be. It is just that she is so little respected that she just has to be out there and continue to be strong and take all the heat. And you know what? We not, I shouldn't even be surprised because when Barack Obama was in office or when anybody of color uh, that is not what the normal the normalcy is gets in the office, they catch the heat out the gate and they will continue to catch the heat because they want you gone. They don't want you to sit up there and yeah, speak. Yeah, don't ruffle. You know, they don't want that. But what I'm surprised about her is she's a freshman congresswoman and she already is rolling out a plan, a policy that she submitted and they voted on. You know, so they try to put her down. But how many people can you say did that and that came out on a national level for us all to know? You know what I'm saying? When was last one you could listen we'll and unfortunately we'll see her continue to meet the same level of resistance yeah of course and you know there will consistently be a distraction whether it be some silly um celebrity drama fbi scheme which Mm -hmm. we have now with the julius smollett you know let's waste money there whatever you know there's always going to be a distraction but you know that's why we're here that's why we're talking about this stuff and we're going to talk about some more stuff that we care about and hopefully you guys care about it too because we want y'all to listen and tune in and talk to us and share what we're talking about and then you know hopefully help us get some of these student loans up off our backs so (laughs) all right after this we'll be back thanks all right guys we are back for our last part of the show or you can say the bottom of the show and then is what we call the most valuable black MVB. Yes, it is. So uh, I think that was a little bit of a uh, Freudian slip. West. That was. I, I didn't mean to crack a joke there. You <laughs> Uh, it's a little bit. No, I honestly didn't. Sorry, but I just want to shout out real quick before we get into somebody who definitely deserves to be shined on. Uh, that there is a movie theater owned by a black family uh, located outside of Baltimore. They keep saying it's Baltimore, but if you live in Maryland, you are very specific about what zip code you're in. Yes, you are. So uh, they're in, out of Pikesville, Maryland, and it's uh, owned by the Wright family, and it's called Next Cinema, and they have uh, leather seats. Food, a menu, you can get service. Uh, while you, you can get served while watching the movies. And right now, if you go on our website, which is uh, uh, nextcinema.com, they are showing us the Jordan Peele flick along with Marvel's awesome. latest uh, iteration of their universe, Captain Marvel. So, you know, they got the big dogs. They got leather seeds. I'm sure they got some wings and some soup and some quesadilla for y'all. But I just want to shout out to some people in Maryland yes. doing it for themselves. Let's and... shout out to all of those brown people doing big things. <laughs> so to the right love family, brown people that's doing what's big up. Things. And y'all make sure y'all go out there. And they do have military prices. Yes. Uh, I think they also might have some uh, prices for children and adults. And, you know, they got matinees. So go ahead. I know y'all like Listen. a discount. Get a good movie. There you go. Hey. Word. So that's I wish mine. that was Karen Pittsburgh. Right? That. So that's mine. Thank you for sharing with us. For this week for my MVB. That is an MVB for real. That is the most valuable brown person. <laughs> Thank you. All right, say what you got. So my most valuable black is going to be Dorothy Height. Yes. Okay. Um, I've always Let's been a fan of Mrs. Height and... I came across this post on Facebook, which I'd have to give credit where credit is due. The post was put up by a mighty girl. 
And I'm just going to read what was written about Dorothy Height because I felt like this could influence us all because she was phenomenal. Hey. And so here it is. Who was the author of it? A yeah, Mighty was... Girl. Oh, okay. okay. And a friend of mine in Pittsburgh. Shout out to reposted. A Mighty Girl. Um, so, like, I hope that, like, you guys pop on that site and see what else she has posted. I think that she to... promotes women in general, but this time she promoted Dorothy Height, and I appreciate it. So, she writes, when Dorothy Height showed up at Bernard College in 1929 with her admission letter in hand, she was told by the college dean that they had already reached their quota of two Negro students per year. Height, who had just graduated with honors from an integrated high school in Rankin, Pennsylvania. Shout out to Pittsburgh. Hey, the Pittsburgh. <laughs> Rankin in the house. Right. All day. Kenny um, Wood. Right. Uh, oh, I didn't she know that was that. Sorry. <laughs> integrated. She went to an integrated high school in Rankin, PA, and says that she was crushed, recalling, I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep for days. Unwilling to defer her dreams, she visited New York University with her Bernard acceptance letter and they admitted her on the spot. It was this determination that would drive height through the following decades as she became, as President Barack Obama observed, the only woman at the highest level of the civil rights movement, witnessing every march and milestone along the way. She was born um, in 1912. She graduated from NYU with a master's degree in educational psychology in 1933 and began working as a caseworker with the New York City Welfare Department. She joined the National Council of Negro Women at the age of 25 to become, to become active in civil rights activism. And in 1957, she was named its president, a position she would hold for the next 40 years. In that role, she organized Wednesdays in Mississippi a group that brought black and white women from the North and South together to create bridges of understanding across regional, racial, and class lines. Height often advised national political leaders on civil rights issues, including Eleanor Roosevelt, Dwight D. Eisenhower, and Lyndon Johnson. And, right, and she was honored with the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 1994 and the Congressional Gold Medal in 2004. Mm-hmm. So there's more here. But just off those two paragraphs, you can tell what kind of woman Dorothy Height was. And I appreciate everything she's done for me and our community. Like, it's because of her that I'm able to do the things I'm doing today. Um, And I appreciate her. So I just wanted to highlight her and let y'all also know that, like, determination is key. I would agree. Can we can right. we double down on that? Determination, right. determination is, is key. key. It is. It's like she got turned away from the the college she wanted to go to. I mean, Barnard is an incredible university, Absolutely. right? So when you get admittance into a university and then ultimately get denied the access because to because you're that, black, because I, there I mean, was no other reason, you already accept her. What could that she do was already to good enough. one's self-esteem? And the fact that she had the tenacity to go ahead and forge through all of that, you know, I feel like, okay, so for me, my, I'm going to go ahead and build on, build up off of our MV, MO, MVB, MVB, MVB. Y'all, she's going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to build off of our um, MVB this week. And I'm going to say, I want to, in the the spirit of our MVB this week, I'm going to not give up or give in. And I'm going to focus on something that I need to do as a young adult, which is 
Guys, I gotta I gotta get my finances together. Uh, Y'all gotta get your finances mm, together. Yep, I started last year. I gotta do it. And you know, it's rough, but I gotta focus. I gotta I have to get like very invested. I gotta get focused. So I'm, I just I'm, told I'm those Navian people gotta... off today. So <laughs> clearly I gotta get my finances together. <laughs> I just I mean we have we have to we gotta we gotta end on a high note. We have yes. to well, I'll say this to end. Only a determined black woman would walk up to New York University and be like, look, I'm here and get accepted on the spot. Right. And please and thank you. That's it. Yeah. And walk out of New York University with a master's degree. Bow. I love it. Bow down. That's a... Much respect. And I mean, we're not our ancestors. You're but not. Uh, not we... at all, but we But I want to be like her. Be, right. That's one I absolutely want to be like and imitate because she is inspiration. We ain't there yet, but hopefully they'll be saying that about one of us. So. Guys, help us help us be better. Shout so. out to the AKAs. Dorothy Height was an AKA. Oh, no, look at that. Look at us giving our Some knowledge every day. Well, I, I love talking to y'all. Are y'all going to talk to me next week? I don't know. I got to roll the dice and see what it says. <laughs> I mean, Listen, Drag Race is on. on. <laughs> <laughs> I miss a Drag Race every week. Is this. that over? It's, yeah, it's over. It's fine. I'll catch it later. Listen, you, you have to talk to me, okay? Y'all got me stuck out here in the suburbs. No, ain't no stuck. That was choices. <laughs> Those were choices. I'm, I'm living suburban mom life, so... This oh is one of the most amazing things. I'm so happy I get to do this with y'all. I'm excited to be here too. And the so. conversations we have and the intellectual level that they got to stick in, they got to keep other. listening to us. It's outstanding. So I'm so glad I'm we're here. I'm glad we're doing this. Episode two. Hey, two. Episode two. two. And hopefully, y'all be here for episode three. Hey, guys, they you got should shit listen. Else to do. <laughs> yeah right hey you should come back and listen to episode 3 okay right. it's gonna be so good I promise it's dope 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 <laughs> <laughs> alright y'all we'll catch you next week